Again, glad that you are with us today uh, in church. Um, we, we've just come out of an incredible summer. Uh, we've, we, we had uh, just, just, just God has been doing so much in the lives of people at this church. And, uh, you know, I just really began thinking, you know, how do I follow up even talking about anything uh, just based off what we come out, what, what, what we've come out of. Uh, you know, we've been believing God for a, a shift to take this summer in our lives, things to shift for the better. Uh, and as I began to process some of that and just praying, well, God, what's, what's next? What, what posture do we need to, to be in? And I really believe that um, I have something that's going to help us today. Uh, it's not going to be profound <laughs> in any way, but I believe it could be something that, that radically changes uh, the course of your life forever. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 and 44, I want to read a story. And this is kind of the story that's going to set the stage for where, uh, for where we're going. It says this in verse 41. And then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear... I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I want to park there for just a moment. Uh, in this specific time, there has been a drought. There's been no rain. And, uh, you know, for us, you may not think that's like a significant problem because we have grocery stores and we got places to go. But these people without, without rain could not grow crops. Without crops could not have food. Without rain, they had no water to, to feed their, 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 their livestock, their, their animals that were producing things that they needed. So the fact that rain was coming was a significantly big deal. But I love this part because Elijah does not say to Ahab, I see rain. He says, I hear rain. Now, this may not seem profound at first, but this is huge. Because for some of us, we look at our life today and things look just the same as they did three months ago. For some of us, we've been believing God to do something extravagant in the lives of our family, but not a whole lot has changed on the surface. Elijah did not see rain. Elijah perceived rain. And if you're in this place today, that's good news, because if you can perceive that God is doing something, you're on the right track. You may not see it with your eyes yet, but if you can perceive, and, and I'm just telling you, I perceive that God is doing a whole lot more than we know. So Elijah says this, I... I, I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. This is good news. This is a good storm. Most of the time we preach on storms, they're not good. This is a good storm. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Verse 42, so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look outward toward the sea. The servant went and he looked. Then he returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, on the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Uh, my assignment today is, is pretty simple. I told you it's not going to be profound. But my assignment today is to help you not miss out on the miracle you've been believing for. I know what you're thinking online. How in the world would I miss out on the very thing I've been believing for? Andrew, you're crazy. If my miracle showed up, I would surely, surely know. 
When I was a little kid, um, I used to collect change so I can go to the liquor store down the street to buy candy. And my, my mom would keep change in this little basket in our kitchen. Uh, so every now and then I'd go grab some change, uh, you know, in hopes to fill up my piggy bank so I can break it and go buy candy. And so um, as a four or five year old, you don't really have a concept of how currency works. So uh, in, in, this, in this basket, typically you would find uh, pennies, nickels, and dimes. Pennies, nickels, and dimes. And, 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 and for me, when I would see the pennies, nickels, and dimes, I was always drawn to two forms of these currencies. They're going to show you a picture. And, and for me, I would always grab, I'd always go over and I'd grab a bunch of pennies and I, I would go and I would grab a bunch of nickels and I would put them in my, my piggy bank. I rarely ever touch the dimes. As I got older, I realized something. I realized that I underestimated the value of the dime because I was distracted by its size. Let this sink a little deep. You may be saying I would never miss out on my miracle, but what if it showed up in the form of a cloud the size of a man's hand? I would never miss out on what God is doing in my life, but what if it, it showed up in the form, not of something grand, but in the form of a cloud the size of a man's hand? Many times we underestimate what God is doing because it's not big. And because it's not big, we don't respond in faith. But throughout the Bible, God did significant things in little ways. Anytime God was going to provide a solution, he always did it in a way that was easily overlooked. Because most of the time, the people were consumed by the nickels, consumed by the pennies, but the dimes, they just don't mean a whole lot. But to God, they mean a whole lot. I think about stories in the Bible, even Jesus himself. People have been waiting for the Messiah, and the Messiah finally shows up. And the very people that should have recognized their miracle overlooked it because it didn't come in the package they expected. It came in the package of a cloud the size of a man's, a man's hand. Elijah, he's expecting something significant. And his servant comes running back. Hey, I, I saw something. But it was just little. <laughs> it was just, hey, like what you've been believing for, I, I, I saw something, but it was, it was nothing to get excited about. God is doing more than you know. And if we can pay attention to those small clouds, I believe we are on the brink of seeing an outpouring of rain in our life that we have been praying for. I love Elijah because he doesn't think like most people think. Elijah does not think like most people think. If I was Elijah, I probably, when he came back and told me how small the, the, the cloud was, I probably would have said, go, go look again. Go look again. If I'm the servant, I probably would have went another 32 times because I underestimated the value of that cloud. 
But Elijah was not distracted by the size of the cloud because Elijah was distracted by the largeness of God's word. He, he was distracted by the word that God had delivered. So today, you may look at the area, the area in your life that you've been believing for God to do. It may not look profound, but at least your husband washed those dishes. <laughs> I know you've been praying for your kids to come to church, but at least this morning they didn't cuss you out on your way out. I understand that maybe the physical part of your, maybe you're not like 100% healed today, but you're 3% better than you were yesterday. Can somebody begin to get excited about the cloud? What's our assignment today? To look for clouds. To look for clouds. To look for clouds. Elijah did not underestimate the value of that cloud. And because he did not underestimate the value of that cloud, Elijah experienced everything that he had been believing for. In, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. And again, I told you all we're going to be really short today. And if I didn't, I just did. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, it says this. Do not despise these small beginnings. Do not despise these small beginnings. You've been believing for something significant. Do not despise small beginnings. The Bible wouldn't have to say this if we didn't have the tendency to despise small beginnings. But if the cloud is there, it may be small, but it's full of potential. So I just began to think practically speaking what can I do in my journey looking for clouds? Or what, 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 what do I mean when I say clouds? Just looking for the potential that God is actually doing something. Just looking for a little bit of good news. Like, I don't need a lot. Just, just give me like a, a glimpse of hope. You know, I think about football because it's coming up. And if we had, if our football faith was the same as our God faith, we would be changing the world. Because this is what I know as a foot. My team can be down by 39 points in the fourth quarter and get an interception. And all of that, all of a sudden in that moment, I have football faith and I start, I start saying, well, now this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And if this happens, and this, if you had that kind of faith in the things of God, you would have seen all your promises come to pass. Let's get some football faith. I mean, some of y'all still believe the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl. If you can apply that if you can apply that same faith to God, I'm telling you, it is a game changer. Wow. If I just seen God like I see my quarterback, wow. Wow. I know that's a stinger, but it's true because that's me. That's me. I don't need to see a lot. God, just show me a cloud. God, I don't need to see everything turn around. I just show me a cloud. And if you can give me a cloud, I could believe another day. Show me a cloud. Zechariah says, do not despise small beginnings. And I've seen people miss out on everything they've been praying for because they despised the way it showed up. They despised it. They despised it. And when you despise it, you minimize what God is trying to do. But I want to just take some notes from Jesus. Because Jesus... Jesus did something that I believe can help us. And band, you can, you can help me wrap up. In John chapter 6, verse 5 through 11, this is going to kind of be our take home today. 
when it pertains to little clouds, little clouds. You know, the reality is if we think about it, there's been a lot of little clouds this week, but have we made them a big deal? In John chapter six, verse five, it says this, Jesus, he soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? Everybody was really hungry. They were not near any stores. Jesus is trying to figure out how we're going to feed everybody. He volunteers to do it. So he asked one of his friends, how are we going to do this? Uh, and, and this is what it says in verse six, six. He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to buy, uh, to buy enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said this, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? What, 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 is, what is he doing here? He's underestimating. He's underestimating the size of that cloud. But, but this is what Jesus does. He says, tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, he gave thanks to God, and he distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. So they bring, yeah, give it up for Jesus. Give it up for Jesus. <clears throat> So they bring these fish and loaves uh, over, over to Jesus, and, and they kind of make the same remark that Elijah's servant made. It's, it's, it's small. It's insignificant. Nothing, nothing really is going to come out of this. But the Bible says that Jesus took it, and he gave thanks to God for it. The first thing that we're going to have to do when we recognize there's a cloud, is you're going to have to receive it. You're going to have to receive it. I know it's not what you hoped for initially, but can you receive that small cloud? I know it's not everything you prayed for and thought it was, but can you receive that small cloud? Jesus could have done what other people would have done. Just get that out of here. There's, there's no use for that but he did not underestimate the power and the value of those fish and those loaves. In your life today, this week, as God begins to do things, as God begins to move in your life, you gotta receive it. So when the doctor says, hey, you're not perfectly better yet, but you're doing better than you were, receive that, that's my miracle. That's my miracle. That's my miracle. That's my miracle. If you're in the crowd today and you play the keys, you're more than welcome to come up, in here, up, up here and help me. I don't know where our team's at, out in the back eating muffins or something. <clears throat> it's our miracle. You've got to learn to receive it. You've got to receive it. I know your husband still drives you crazy. I know he drives you crazy. And, and like my wife said, football's about to start. He's going to drive you crazy. But if he takes the trash out without you asking, you got to receive it. <laughs> I, I know your wife is not perfect, but when she tries to make you dinner, 
You've got to receive it. God, you're doing something. You're doing something. I know your kid may not want to come to church with you today, but he did watch it online. You got to receive it. I got to receive it because it's in the fish and loaves. It's in the cloud the size of a man's hand that lies everything I've been believing for. When you see that cloud, it might be so small it offends you, but you got to receive it. Jesus received it. He received it, but he didn't just receive it. He did not just receive it. The Bible says he began to thank God for it. He began to thank God for it. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you for what you're doing. God, thank you for what you're starting. God, thank you for the recovery process that's taking place. God, thank you. If you get distracted by the size of the cloud, you'll never thank God for the size of the cloud. You'll never thank him for it. You got to thank him for it. And it was in that thanksgiving that God began to multiply fish and loaves. I had to ask myself, Andrew, how many clouds have you devalued? How many clouds have you underestimated? How many times was God trying to say, hey, here, I'm, I'm answering your prayer. And I said, no, that's not how I want it served. Jesus received it, and he thanked God for it. And as he thanked God for that small cloud, everything began to change. Back to Elijah, I love his response to his servant. And um, I feel like this is kind of like our homework this week. Just taking some tips from Elijah. So Elijah, (laughs) he tells the king, who's like a big deal in this day, he tells the king, a mighty storm is coming. A mighty storm, (laughs) like a big one. It's going to be awesome. Hey, servant, go, go, go see if you see anything. I see nothing. I see nothing. Finally comes back. Well, I, Elijah, I saw a, a, a little cloud, a little cloud. You know how Elijah responded to this news? In verse 44 of chapter 18 in 1 Kings, it says this. Then Elijah shouted. He shouted. When was the last time you shouted for a little cloud? When was the last time you shouted for a little cloud? When was the last time you treated a little cloud like it was a big cloud? When was the last time you shouted? He was so excited. He was so excited. It says Elijah shouted. And this is what he tells his servant. Hurry hurry to Ahab and tell him to climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. The rain will stop you. This is insane. It's a little cloud. Elijah's like, you don't understand. It's not about the size of the cloud. It's about the size of the promise. Get ready because something is happening. Something is happening. So when your best friend invites you to go hiking and says, how are you doing? And she's waiting for you to say, my back hurts. 
but you saw a sign of a little cloud, you know what your response should be? Hey, I will be there before you know it. You might as well get my shoes ready because I'm coming. It was a little cloud, but Elijah knew this meant something was happening. It was happening. When you see a little cloud this week, you got to shout. I got to shout. God, that's my miracle. I got to shout. You don't have another option. Your other option is to minimize what God is doing. Elijah shouted. And it wasn't but a matter of moments that the the sky began to turn dark and clouds started to form. And, And everything that Elijah was believing to see took place right before his eyes. But what would have happened if Elijah minimized the cloud because of its size? Church family, God is doing so much more than we know. And when you see that little cloud, I need you to treat it like it is a rainstorm you have been praying for. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. I know for me, just a couple days ago, I had to really, I had to really check myself. I, I, had, to, I had to go back and evaluate all the little clouds in my life. And God began to take me from little cloud to little cloud to little cloud to little cloud. And I had to just step back and say, God, thank you. Thank you for everything that you've been doing in my life without me even acknowledging it. I think in this moment, it's only right to take a time out. I I know it's not looking the way you anticipated it to look, but does it look better? I know it's not perfect, but do you see a cloud in that area? And if you do, in this moment, can you just begin to thank God for that cloud? Can you just begin to thank God for that cloud? God, today we thank you for all that you're doing, for all that you're continuing to do. Thank you, God, for being so in the middle of our lives for caring about the things that we care about. And this morning, God, we just say thank you. You never stop working. You You never stop. You never stop working. This evening I don't see it, you're working. Thank you, God. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Thank you, God. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Thank you, God.
Faith doesn't need tangible evidence to believe. Faith does not need tangible evidence to put a smile on your face. You know why I love this story with, with, with our friends Lance and G? Is because this wasn't a one-week process. This was for years. And most of you would never have guessed they were ever going through anything when they stepped foot, step foot on this stage. No one would have ever have guessed when, when Lance was leading teams that he was going through, this, going through this behind the scene because they didn't need evidence, tangible evidence, to know what their God was doing. In the Bible, there was 10 lepers. They had leprosy. They were not permitted to be around anybody. Their body parts were falling apart. It was a part of this specific disease. If you had leprosy, you were considered unclean. You're contagious. Get away. No one wants you near them. They see Jesus at a distance. Jesus comes towards them. He prays for them, and he tells them, go show yourselves to the priest. Once, if you were ever healed from leprosy, the priest would have to re-diagnose you to see if it was true. And the priest would give you the, the, the permission to go back to your family. He would give you the permission. It was, it was tangible evidence. There was 10 lepers that begin this journey to the priest to go get the evidence they've been believing for. But on the way, there was one that said, I don't need that evidence. He walked back to Jesus and he said, thank you for healing my body. Thank you. And you know what Jesus did? He said, you know what? Now I'm going to bring wholeness to your entire situation. There will be no trace on you that you have ever had evidence. Therefore, you won't even have to go and show yourself to the priest. Some of us are waiting for everything to line up perfectly. It's not. You have to get it to line up perfectly in your spirit. And once it lines up perfectly in your spirit, it will line up perfectly out here. Elijah did not see a storm, he perceived the storm. And because he perceived it, it didn't matter what it looked like. You gotta perceive it. You gotta perceive it. You gotta perceive it. Do you see your kid in the car coming to church with you next week? Do you perceive it? Do you perceive it? When my two-week-old was fighting for her life in the hospital, I bought Disneyland tickets because I perceived it. We ain't staying here. She spent more days in a hospital than she has in her own crib, but we're not staying here. I don't care how long it's been. Do you perceive that God is moving? You gotta perceive it. You gotta perceive it right here. Right here. And, and just a side note. When it comes alive in here and you start making a big deal about little clouds, people are going to think you're stupid. They're going to say, what's the, what are, you, what are you happy about? I know something you don't know. God is doing more in your life than you know. God has heard every prayer. God has seen every tear. God knows what you care about it, and he cares about it more than you do. God, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you for your love for us. God, today our confidence is in your word, in what you have said, in the dreams that you've placed on the inside of us.
the words that you've spoken to us, our confidence is in you and not what we see. I'm going to ask you right where you're at just to close your eyes, just to bow your heads just for a moment. Maybe you came into this place, maybe you're online today and and you don't have a real relationship with God. God is more of an idea, a concept. But there's something on the inside of you saying, maybe, maybe, maybe God is real. Maybe God is who these people say that he is. I want you to know he absolutely is. And you were never intended to know God from a distance. You were never intended to know God from someone else's perspective. You were intended to know God personally. But if you're like me, the thoughts I had when I made this decision and took this step, I thought to myself, why would a perfect God want anything to do with me? Like if God is really good, why would he want anything to do with someone that is bound to blow it? Because he loves you. And he cares about you. And before he called you, he already knew who he was calling. And this is why he sent Jesus on the scene. Not to come and just live a dandy life and go to a cross so you can tattoo one on your arm. He went to a cross to establish something. I am perfect. They are not. They are broken. I am not. So Jesus had to pay a price that you and I were never qualified to pay for. And because of what Jesus did on that cross, you and I don't have to be distant from God anymore. Because when he looks at you, he doesn't see your flaws. He sees the perfection of his son, Jesus. But I'm not Jesus, so what do I do? You receive of what he did for you. That price he paid was for you. He was on that cross for you. And the Bible says this, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved you're one moment away from seeing your life radically shift the bible says when you receive jesus into your life when you receive of what he did for you when you embrace it when you're like god i, I want you i need you and and i'm qualified because of jesus so i accept what he did for me when you embrace that truth the bible says that your eternity in heaven is secure in case you thought we live here on earth forever we don't there's somewhere we go after and you don't go there because you're perfect. You don't go there because you crossed every T and dotted every I. You go there because you put your trust in what Jesus did. So when you get to heaven, and if there was a knucklehead up there that said, what are you doing here? He got me in. He got me in the door. This is what salvation is. But the truth is you don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience heaven on earth. Jesus is on your side. Great things can take place. And I believe there's people in this place that need to make this decision for the very first time. And some people that need to re rededicate that decision just for your sake between you and God. On the count of three, if you want to make that decision to accept what Jesus did for you, to see your life change forever, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air, even if you're online. One, two, three. Raise your hands if that's you. I see those hands. We see those hands. We see those hands. We see those hands. We see those hands. I'm going to ask everybody to pray this after me and let's not repeat this mean this with every fiber in your being Jesus thank you for what you did for me thank you for dying on that cross and rising from the dead 
today, my confidence is not in me, it's in you. Today, I make you my savior and I call you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we make some noise from some... Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 